We are glad to announce we have partnered with Thrive Fantasy for the upcoming NFL season. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. In case you don't know what Thrive Fantasy is, Thrive Fantasy is a daily sports app for player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in respective sport. For this NFL season, Thrive allows you to choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The most points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $1.4 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and has $50,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 1. Use promo code PODCAST when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And as many of you know, the college basketball season will be underway in about a week and a half from now. And we are here to give you a big preview of what to look forward to in this upcoming season. Andrew, let's get right into it. And today we're going to start with, will we see an entire season be played out? As in, will we see a tournament? Will we see conference tournaments? Will we see the teams reach the minimum 13 games they have to be played in to play in the NCAA tournament? Andrew, so will we see a normal college basketball season? Henry, I have to say, I do think some teams will get shut down at points. I believe COVID is just something that you cannot avoid, especially when you're traveling places to play basketball. With all that traveling, I believe there will be certain teams that do get infected and will have to uh, sit out a certain amount of games that may not let them make the NCAA tournament. But I do think there will be enough teams that we see that will play the minimum amount of games and we will see uh the ncaa tournament be played and as well as certain big 10 or not big 10 excuse me conference tournaments and i think that maybe not all, all conference tournaments will be played but i do think certain ones will be played as well as the ncaa tournament i just think that we will see enough teams get to play those certain amount of games to be able to play in those tournaments, Henry. Yeah, Andrew, I think this season will be as normal as it possibly can be. Obviously, COVID is un- unavoidable, and it's going to happen to a lot of these teams. A lot of these teams will get shut down at points during the season, but I, I think the NCAA is determined to play all these conference tournaments, play the NCAA tournament, because in all honesty, it is a money-driven business, and they're not going to shut down the season at this point, considering how much money they've already lost. And all these conferences have, or all these teams in colleges, excuse me, have cut a lot of sports, and they really need basketball to up their revenue as a whole, Andrew. Yeah, Henry, and you said it yourself. Like, the NCAA lost so much money from not being able to play these tournaments uh, this past uh year so henry i don't i don't think and the ncaa has a choice but to play these tournaments or else they are losing a ton of money and this business cannot i mean they can afford it i guess but they definitely don't want to have to go down that route where they're losing 
mil- hundreds of millions of dollars by not playing these tournaments. So they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that they get these uh, conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament in and have these teams and the best teams play in them. Yeah, Andrew, obviously it will be a lot more determined based on the eye test for the NCAA tournament committee. But I mean, they've done it in the past and I, I really think they'll be able to choose who the best teams are, regardless of how many games each team plays. But Andrew, let's get into the good part of today's podcast, actually talking about college basketball. And let's get right into it, talking about who our conference champion predictions are. And let's let's start, Andrew, with the ACC. Andrew, who is your preseason ACC champion prediction? Well, Henry, I have uh, Duke winning uh, the ACC, and this is because of just how deep they are. People don't realize, because I think it was a little uh, overshadowed by uh, Kentucky's recruiting class, but I don't think people realize how good Duke's recruiting class was uh, last season. They, I believe they got three five-stars and two four-stars, and none of them, I think, were below 35 or 40 in the class. I, I just don't think people put enough respect on Duke's name, especially with a couple returning uh, freshmen from last year. So now they're sophomores and they have a couple veteran leaders who are juniors and seniors, upperclassmen. So I think this Duke team, people aren't appreciating enough. And I believe they will be one of the best teams in college basketball this season. Yeah, Andrew, I agree with you. And I do have Duke winning the ACC this year, although I don't have them going as far as some of the other ACC teams. I think that, they're going to win the regular season title for the first time since, I don't know, it's been, it's been a while since Dukes won the regular season title for the ACC, Andrew. And I think this is overall the best team in the conference based on a talent-wise. And I think they'll just, in the 20 games of conference play, I think they're going to just have the talent to go into some of these these better teams like Virginia and maybe North Carolina and beat them in the regular season. But Andrew, let's move on now to our next conference, which is probably one of the worst conferences we'll be talking about today, and that is the Pac-12. Andrew, who is your Pac-12 preseason champion? You know, Henry, this is tough because the Pac-12 is just so bad, you don't know which bad team to pick to win it. <laughs> so I I was initially leaning towards Oregon, but now I think I'm going to go with Arizona State because they do have Remy Martin, I believe, and I do think we'll get into it after, but I do think he'll be one of the best players in the conference. And you have uh, Josh Christopher coming in. That always helps. And of course you have, most of their team is returning, which helps. So I believe that Arizona State will win this conference just because they had a great recruiting class uh, headlined by Josh Christopher. And you have a lot of returning players who are very solid as well. Yeah, Andrew, I am once again going to agree with you. And I think that this Arizona State team is fully loaded. I think they're overall the best team in the Pac-12. You also, you mentioned their recruiting class. I want to add in that they did get another top 30 player in Marcus Bagley, who is Marvin Bagley III, the uh, power forward for the Sacramento Kings brother. And I think with that trio, I think they're going to be the most talented team in the Pac-12. I could see teams like as you mentioned, Oregon or even U- or even uh, USC, excuse me, with Evan Mobley maybe competing, even Stanford with uh, Oscar De Silva and Zaire Williams. But overall, I think that Arizona State is the most deep team in this conference and has the most talent. But moving on now, Andrew, to 
another conference, which isn't necessarily a power five conference, but in basketball, it's more of a power six conference anyways. So Andrew, speaking of the big East, who do you have winning the big East this year, Andrew? Well, Henry, I, once again, I'm leaning towards one side, but I'm going to have to go with the other side. You know, I, I want to say Creighton because they do have one of the best players in the country. And Marcus, I apologize if I'm butchering, butchering his name, but Zegarowski, I hope that's somewhat close. Henry, you can correct me after this, but I, I believe he is one of the best players in the nation, but you have to have a way deeper team to be able to win a conference and I don't think Creighton necessarily has that deep of a team. That's why I'm going to go with Villanova because they do have a lot of returning players that will be very solid. They are a deep team, and this is what you need to win a conference, and Villanova has it. Yeah, Andrew, once again, I'm going to agree with you. I think if Creighton did re return Tyshawn Alexander, their starting shooting guard, I think that they would be my pick without a doubt. But the fact that they lost a lot of their scoring from last year, I don't think Marcus Zegarowski, I think that's his name. I'm not sure if I'm butchering it either, but that's close as we're going to get. And I think if they return more scoring, I think they'd be the winner of the Big East. But I don't think he's going to be able to do it all by himself and just will this Creighton team to a Big East championship. And I think that Villanova is just more deep. They're more experienced. And I, I, I don't see that really any other team competing with them, Andrew. But moving on now to maybe one of the deepest conferences in all of college basketball that we'll see this year. Obviously, the next two after this are probably deeper, but this is one of the deepest. And that is the SEC, Andrew, headlined by arguably, I think they had top five, top 10 recruiting classes from this conference. And this 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 conference is just loaded with talent, Andrew, this, this year. So I'm interested to see who you have winning this SEC. Yeah, Henry, as loaded as this conference is, I have the, the normal conference uh, winner here, and that is Kentucky. Henry, I believe they had the number one recruiting class, and they are just so, so good. I see no other team winning this con conference, and Kentucky has a couple returning guys as well as the number one class uh, from this past uh, season, so I, I see no reason why uh, – Kentucky shouldn't win this conference, no matter how loaded it actually is. Yeah, Andrew, I, I so want to go with Tennessee here. I mean, they brought in two five-star recruits and Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson. But, I mean, you, you can't pick against Kentucky in the regular season SEC. I mean, John Calipari just continues to bring in great talent. And it's this team is really headlined by their wings this year. And usually in the past, you don't normally see that. But – this year, it, it's it's headlined by Terrence Clark and Brandon Boston, Andrew. And I mean, these are probably two top five picks quite possibly on this team. And I think those two are going to be the main reason why Kentucky is the winner of the SEC, Andrew. Yeah, Henry. And I just have one thing to say. I want to go back to uh, the Big East for a second. And the, the only – or not the only reason, but one of the reasons I have Villanova – also beating out Creighton in that uh, conference is because they're coaching. Jay Wright, he is an incredible coach, one of the best in the country, if not the best. So that, I think coaching is a huge uh, thing in college basketball. If you have a good coach, you're probably going to be a good team. And that's what Villanova has. I'm not really sure if Creighton has that, 
especially. And even if they do have a good coach, I'm sorry, I don't know their coaching situation right now. But I know Jay Wright is one of the best coaches in college basketball. And if you have a somewhat of a talented team, and you have Jay Wright as your coach, you're going to be good. And I believe they will win the conference. But I want to talk about this SEC. And Henry, I was also thinking about Tennessee. Man, they had a really, really good recruiting class. Better than normal. Way better than normal for them. And I was so tempted to say, maybe Tennessee can do it. I actually wanted to say Tennessee. But if I'm being the most realistic and I'm giving my honest answer, I see no one other than Kentucky winning this conference. Yeah, Andrew. I mean, we know that no one competes with Kentucky really in the SEC. But let's move on now to the Big 12, which is probably the most – not. Not the most, but it's one of the most deep conferences in all of college basketball. And we see that they have four or five ranked teams, I believe. And Andrew, who do you have winning this Big 12 this year? Henry, who I have winning the Big 12 this year, it's none other than Baylor. I believe Baylor will be one of the best teams in college basketball. But I also want to speak on Oklahoma State. Of course, they got uh, Cade Cunningham who was the number one uh, player in his class that went to college. I believe Jalen Green took over that number one spot, but of course he went the G League route. But Kate Cunningham is the number one player in his class that went to college. And they also, Oklahoma State, racked up one of their best uh, uh, recruiting classes in the history of their program. Of course, they can't play in the NCAA tournament due to uh, some violations in their program. But Henry... This Baylor team is incredible. They will be one of the best, if not the best team in the country. And I have them winning this Big 12 conference. Yeah, Andrew, what you said with Cade Cunningham kind of just makes me mad. I mean, you saw it for a couple of years now where you see the top overall recruit, top couple of overall recruits just not being able to play in the tournament. I mean, you saw with James Wiseman and Anthony Edwards last year, they weren't going to play in the tournament. You saw with Ben Simmons a couple of years ago, he wasn't going to play in the tournament. And you see with this year with Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green, neither of them are going to play in the tournament this year. And it's unfortunate that we're not going to see that like the two best prospects and probably all of college basketball play in the tournament. But I, I, got, I want to move on now to my prediction for the Big 12. And I'm going to agree with you here once again, Andrew. I have Baylor winning. I know you could make a case for Kansas. I don't think they're good, very good. You'll hear that later in the podcast. I think the second best team in this conference is one of the two teams from Texas, either Texas Tech or Tech or Texas. And I think Baylor's just so far ahead of the pack. I mean, they have probably the second best player right now in all of college basketball and Jared Butler. They also bring back Masio Teague, another one of their their guards. And I just think that there's really no one who else who's going to be able to compete with Baylor in this conference. Yeah, Henry. And I want to speak on that Cade Cunningham situation. And then uh, typically the top recruits in the country don't play in the NCAA tournament. That's uh, at least in recent years. And I feel like that's because most of these uh, players are going to teams that are not that good. You see Ben Simmons going to uh, LSU. Anthony Edwards, of course, top player in the last class we had uh, before Cade Cunningham's, I'm pretty sure it was 2019's class. It Anthony Edwards going to Georgia, typically not a good school uh, to play basketball at, and they did not make the tournament. You have Memphis, who uh, wasn't, I'm pretty sure they weren't allowed to play in the tournament. Correct me if I'm wrong, 
but James Wiseman went there. Now you've Kate Cunningham going to a school that now isn't allowed to play in the tournament. So it's kind of sad that we can't see these top players and see how they play at the highest stage in college basketball. But, you know, they make their uh, decisions to play college and they have to live with their decisions. And some of these guys just go to either poor basketball schools or they go to a place that maybe didn't follow the rules uh, during the recruiting process. So, yeah, that's all I have to say about uh, these number one players and them not being able to play at the highest stage in college basketball. Yeah, Andrew, the unfortunate thing is I think Oklahoma State probably would have been a tournament team, and we probably would have seen Cade Cunningham play in the NCAA tournament. But there was also rumors when the violations came out that he was going to possibly decommit and sign with maybe Kentucky. But obviously we didn't see that happen. But to the other side of the story, I think – we would probably be complaining if Duke and Kentucky just got everyone. I mean, if the top 10 recruits, every single one of them went to Duke or Kentucky, I don't think we would be happy with that either. I think we'd rather see them spread out and just the unfortunate events of what Oklahoma State did in the past. It's really not Kate Cunningham's fault that he did that. And I think he's a he's a smart person for not leaving and dipping no matter what the situation is, Andrew. Yeah, Henry, it shows his loyalty to the program and how much that program means to him. Of course, his brother, I believe, is an assistant coach there. So, of course, there's family ties there. But I just want to say how I I love when these top recruits, don't get me wrong. I know I said how that's what happens when these uh, top recruits go to poor basketball schools. But I love when these basketball uh, guys go to those wild card teams and don't always go to the powerhouses and the blue bloods. I not we don't want to see that the blue bloods already get all of the top recruits as it is we would love and we do love when we see these top recruits go to these wild card schools as i mentioned so of course i really want to promote these players to go to those schools because of course we don't want to see an overpowered kentucky and duke and kansas and north carolina and every single year we want to see uh these top recruits uh, change it up every year and see other schools uh, thrive in the NCAA too. Yeah, Andrew, and now moving on to our final conference that we'll be talking about for conference champion predictions, and that is the Big Ten. This is probably, Andrew, the best conference in college basketball. I mean, they have, I think, seven ranked teams and possibly could get 12 teams in the college basketball NCAA tournament. I mean, that's like 90% of their conference getting in to the NCAA tournament. And th- this just shows that this conference, conference, excuse me, is just insane. But Andrew, I'm interested to hear who your conference champion is in such a deep conference and even with very good teams at the top. Yeah, Henry, we're, we're normally used to seeing Michigan State take this conference, but I don't think this will be the case this year because Illinois is just so, so good. They have Ayo uh, Dosunmu. And they also have Kofi Coburn returning, both going to be stars. And I believe they will make first team all big 10 by the end of the year, but they are both going to be super, super good. And I believe they will be probably the best duo in college basketball when it's all said and done. So Henry, I have Illinois uh, winning the big 10 conference and possibly going really deep in the uh, NCAA tournament, but we'll talk about that soon. Yeah, Andrew, I'm going to agree with you here. I think the only other team, to be honest, that's going to compete with them is Wisconsin and maybe Michigan State. I, I don't 
I don't love Iowa. I mean, they, they don't play defense. Uh, and I think that this Big Ten is a very good defensive conference. I mean, Michigan State's going to be a great defensive team. Illinois is going to be a very solid defensive team. And Wisconsin's always a great defensive team. And I just don't think that this Iowa team is going to be able to score enough points, even though their offense is so good. I just don't think they can defend enough. And that's why I don't have them winning the conference. But speaking about my conference champion, Illinois, I mean, you'll hear it later, but I think Io DeSumo is probably the best player in college basketball. Maybe not to start the year, but I think he'll end up as it. And there's really no reason that this Illinois team should lose considering how talented they are and how much depth they have. And I mean, this Illinois team is just ridiculous, Andrew. Yeah, Henry, this Illinois team is going to be really good. And we're normally not used to saying that because Illinois usually doesn't have a good basketball team, but this year we should definitely watch out for them. But I, I don't like the Iowa slander, Henry. I don't like it. Of course you have, uh, the second best player arguably, or maybe even the best player according to some in college basketball from the previous season, Luca Garza returning. How could they not be a contender? Of course they are ranked in the top 10 going into the season and this Iowa team, no matter how bad of defense they play, their offense is just so, so good. I see no reason why they won't be able to compete in this big 10 conference and possibly take it. Of course I have Illinois winning, but I think Iowa definitely has a more than likely chance of taking uh, the Big Ten Conference. Andrew, I think you misunderstood me. I mean, Iowa's a good team. I, I think Iowa's a very good team. I think they're a top 10 team. I just think that the three teams that probably are better than them are maybe high-end top 10 teams in Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Illinois. I think those are all Final Four contenders, along with Iowa. I just don't think that they have any defense that's going to be able to stop a high-powered offense. And if they get into a shootout, maybe they'll win. But a team that's a great defensive team, like all three of those other teams, I think they're going to struggle against them, considering that those teams can also score. But moving on now to our Conference Player of the Year predictions, Andrew. And we're going to run through the same conferences, probably just a little quicker. But, Andrew, who do you have as the Conference Player of the Year in the ACC? Henry, this was a really tough one for me, but I had to go with the best freshman from this class uh, out of all these ACC teams, and that is Jalen Johnson, Henry. This guy is so special. I know, I know there are people saying, oh, he might not start, but here's what I'm saying. I believe he'll have a great year. He is so explosive, such a great height, so athletic, and Henry, he can shoot at that height. I believe he's around 6'10", maybe 6'9". And he can shoot. He can drive. He's so athletic. He can dunk on anybody. Henry, this guy is something special. I expect him to leave Duke after this year and possibly be a top five pick in the draft. Just how good he is, Henry. So what I have to say here is Jalen Johnson, I think, takes it as a freshman. But I know there are people saying uh, Coach K might not give him the opportunity. But I believe Coach K will give him that opportunity as a freshman. I believe he will show up and be that ACC player of the year. Andrew, my ACC player of the year is shocking. I mean, I think I told you someone else before, but whoever I told you, it, it's not it. And Andrew, this is probably the most shocking pick we'll see the entire day throughout this podcast. I have Caleb Love, 
point guard from North Carolina being the ACC player of the year. I mean, you saw what Roy Williams in the last couple of years has done with point guards. I mean, Kobe White was phenomenal two years ago. Cole Anthony, although he got hurt, was by far the best player last year on that North Carolina team and almost single-handedly beat Duke by himself. And I think Caleb Love is going to come in and just be that same point guard presence that we saw with those two guys we've seen in the past. And I think he's going to have great numbers. He'll probably score 20 a game, five assists. And he's also a very good rebounder, solid defender. And I just think he's going to have the most opportunity in the ACC to put up the volume and have those shots to win ACC player of the year. But Andrew, let's move on now to the Pac-12. I think this is probably the most obvious one. And I think we can both agree on this. Yeah, Henry, and that is Arizona State's Remy Martin, and this guy's just so good, and there's no one even close to him in the conference besides his uh, besides his own teammate, Josh Christopher. I know they're at Stanford, there's Zaire Williams, and uh, there's more talent all over the conference, but Remy Martin is so good, and there is no reason why he shouldn't win Pac-12 Player of the Year if he plays up to standards. Yeah, Andrew, I'm going to agree with you here. I think Remy Martin will win Pac-12 Player of the Year. Obviously, you forgot to mention one other guy, probably maybe the top player in all of college basketball recruiting and Evan Mobley from USC, but I don't think he's going to be able to compete with this Arizona State team. I mean, it's usually the best player from the best team, and I think that Arizona State will probably be the best team, as I mentioned earlier, and I think Remy Martin will probably be the best player on that team. Moving on now, Andrew, to the Big East Conference, and this is probably another quite obvious one, and I think we can both agree on this one also. Yeah, Henry, but before I speak on that, I apologize for not mentioning Evan Mobley because he will be one of the best players in that Pac-12 conference. But yes, Henry, in the Big East, this one is not really a debate, and this will be Marcus Zigorowski or Zigorowski. However it is pronounced, we also apologize uh, very much so because we – have probably been butchering a lot of these players' names throughout this podcast and probably in the future. So we apologize if we do that. But Henry, this guy can shoot the lights out. And there is no chance I think he loses this Big East uh, player or com- player of the year in the conference, Henry. He is so, so good. And as I mentioned, he's such a good shooter, probably one of the best shooters in the nation. So, Henry, Marcus Zagorowski, I have him winning the Big East Conference Play of the Year. Yeah, Andrew, you, you could see a, a player from Villanova winning the Player of the Year, but I don't think there's anyone on that team who just stands out above all. And I think Marcus Zagorowski is just the best player in this conference, and it's no really competition to who's going to win this Player of the Year. But moving on now to probably the toughest conference to pick the player from, and that is the SEC. Andrew, I'm genuinely interested to see who you have winning player of the year in this conference, because at this point, I don't think I know who mine is either. Henry, this one has been confusing me for a while, and I have not been sure on who to pick, but I'm probably going with the most obvious pick here, and that is Brandon Boston. And just how talented he is. I mean, Henry, you're telling me how he's six foot six and has a six eleven and a half wingspan, I believe it is. Like, how crazy is that? He is super athletic. He can shoot, he can drive, he can play defense, he can do everything. And I believe he is 
uh, the best recruit out of this class uh, in the SEC. So I have Brandon Boston as a freshman winning SEC player of the year. I believe Coach Calipari will give him that opportunity to be the guy for that team. I believe he will take it and he will basically be just that guy for Kentucky, be that consistent scorer, be that guy in the last minute of the game to score that final bucket that they need. And I believe he will win that SEC Conference Player of the Year. Yeah, Andrew, I contemplated a couple of guys, but I have to agree with you here. I mean, the another guy I think that could win it is maybe Terrence Clark from his own, own team. I'm a big fan of his. I think he's a very good shooter. I mean, I think these two are a lot of the same type of player, Terrence Clark and Brandon Boston, but I think Brandon Boston will get more volume, get more opportunity to touch the ball since he's kind of the older, more experienced player. Terrence Clark's younger. I mean, he reclassed from the 2021 class. So I think that Brandon Boston will have a ton of opportunity to be the leader of this Kentucky team. And that's why I have him winning SEC Player of the Year. But Andrew, let's move on now to the Big 12 Player of the Year. And this one is, this one's pretty close. I mean, there's probably one that's ahead, but you could see a lot of guys possibly winning this. And I'm interested to see who you have winning it. Yeah, Henry, and I'm going to go uh, a little with a, with a different answer, I think, that you're not going to be expecting, and that is Cade Cunningham. And I know he hasn't played a college game yet, and people are saying, oh, he's a freshman, blah, blah, blah. But, Henry, I have Cade Cunningham taking this just because of how good of a player he is, how solid he is built to be one of the best players in the country and with him being the best player in his class that went to college, there's no reason why I think he shouldn't be the best freshman in the country. And that's what I believe he will be. And with that being said, not only will I think he'll be the best uh, freshman in the country, but I believe he'll be the best player in the Big 12. He will lead Oklahoma State to a great year. And Cade Cunningham will, I think, be the number one pick in next year's draft. Andrew, I disagree with you, and flat out, I disagree with you. I, I think that I've said it a lot. It's the best player from one of the best teams. I don't think it's the best team. I think I kind of messed up when I said that earlier, but uh, Jared Butler is going to be the best player on the best team. I know that you could argue Kansas' best team, Texas Tech best team, Texas' best team, but – Baylor is the best team in this conference. They're so deep. They're so experienced. And Jared Butler is going to lead this Baylor team, in my opinion, to a Final Four berth. You'll hear this later. But I, I think Jared Butler is the most obvious pick to win Big 12 Player of the Year. But, Andrew, let's move on now to the deepest conference. I'll keep saying it in all of college basketball and the Big Ten. And this is a pretty tough one. I, I think that you could go with a lot of guys here. Obviously, Luca Garza won a conference player of the year last year, but we saw a couple of year, two years ago that Cassius Winston won the Big Ten player of the year, but did not necessarily uh, – he lived up to the standards. Luca, Luca Garza just overachieved, and I think that this conference is going to be very interesting to see who wins player of the year. Yeah, Henry, and you said Luca Garza has, has maybe peaked last year, but I don't think he peaked. I think he'll put up similar numbers, and I do think he will win Big Ten 
conference player of the year. I believe he will put up maybe just as good of numbers last year. And even like those are the numbers he put up last year are so good. I don't think he can beat those numbers and best them. I don't think he can get better than that. But Henry, what I do think is, I think that he will one up his uh, performances from last year. And I believe he will be one of the best players in the country yet again. I believe Luca Garza will win Big Ten Conference Player of the Year, and I believe Iowa will be one of the best teams. I did say I have Illinois winning the conference, but I do have Iowa coming in second and being that team that is right there with Illinois, and I believe will finish in the top ten. And I think Luca Garza will win Big Ten Conference Player of the Year. Andrew, I'm going to disagree with you here, and I think you know who I'm going to go with. I, I love this player. I th- Excuse me, I love him as a player, but I, I think that Ayo Desumu is the best player in the entire conference, Andrew. And I think that there's really no reason that if Illinois wins the Big Ten, I think there's really no debate on who's going to be their best player, who's going to be the main reason for that. You've seen last year that he is one of the clutchest players in all of college basketball. And I think that he's going to continue to show that being arguably the best player, Andrew, in all of college basketball. But let's move away now to another topic. And we're going to go with some final four sleepers, Andrew. And if you could name me one or two, well, let's see what you're thinking here with one or two final four sleepers. Well, Henry, I got uh, one or two for you, and that is maybe even Rutgers. I'm throwing it out there, Henry. I don't know if Rutgers will make the final four, but Henry, this team has probably is the best team that Rutgers has had ever for basketball, Henry. This team is going to be really, really good. And I believe they have a shot at being that Final Four contender just because of how deep they are. And my second one is Tennessee because Tennessee had one of the best recruiting classes it's ever had. And they are just, as I mentioned, so deep of a team. That's what you need to make it to the NCAA uh, Final Four in the NCAA tournament. And that's what these two teams have. Rutgers, very deep team, probably the most talented team it's had in a while or ever. And Tennessee is just such a talented team with having the best recruiting class they've had in a while coming in. I see that maybe they can make a run in the uh, NCAA tournament if all those players can perform up to their potential. Andrew, I'm going to go on a bit of a different route here. And I had Texas as one of my sleepers. I think Shaka Smart is on a mission to save his job. They didn't lose anyone, and they added a top 10 player in the class in Greg Brown, who will fit right in there and probably start. And I think that this Texas team is going to be one of the best we've seen in a while. And I think that Texas could be in competition for the Big 12 and maybe a Final Four berth. But another team I have, Andrew, is – really the most underrated team that we see year in and year out in all of college basketball. And that's Florida state. I mean, I really don't understand why no one like just credits Leonard Hamilton for being such a great coach. I mean, they were going to win, I believe the ACC last year and no one really mentioned it. I really don't understand like how no one realizes how good of a coach Leonard Hamilton is. And I think that they, are always going to be a deep team. They're always going to be a very solid team. And I think this could be the year that Florida State possibly makes it to the Final Four, Andrew. But moving on now, 
let's hear some overrated top 25 teams you have. And I have a couple in mind, but I'm not exactly sure who you might have. Henry, I have a couple, and I believe that I'll list one, and that is Virginia. And I think Virginia is overrated because I don't think they'll be able to put up the points. And I know they have Sam Hauser coming in, who is a really good shooter and really good scorer, but I don't think he can do it for them. And I just don't think this Virginia team will be able to put up the points. And they're a great defensive team, but if you can't put up the points, how are you going to win? And I don't think this Virginia team can do it. And I'm not saying they're not a good team because I think they're a good team. But do I think they're top five, top four, which they are uh, ranked right now? No, I, I don't think they are that type of team. And also another one is Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin will be good, but I don't think they'll be good, as good as people are saying and as high as they're ranked. I believe they're ranked top eight, maybe ranked seven. I apologize if I'm getting that wrong, but Henry... This team is very, very young. We, I mean, I was looking at the roster, Henry. They have eight freshmen on their roster, and I know not all of them, or if any, are going to play. But, Henry, you have eight freshmen on your team, and that's what uh, this Wisconsin team has. And, of course, with that being said, they are not a deep team. And that's why this team isn't going to go far, because they are not a deep team. Of course, they have their uh, upperclassmen as starters, but once they go to the bench, Henry, they have no one to back them up. And this Wisconsin team is going to struggle because of that. Andrew, I'm going to go on a bit of a different route here. And I think you know who I'm going to choose here. And for my first team, I think Andrew knows exactly who I'm going to say. And that is Kansas. I mean, I've been talking about it with Andrew for a while. I, I genuinely don't know who is going to score for this team. They're going to be a very good defensive team. But to win games, it's you got to score some points and I don't know who's going to do it for them other than really Bryce Thompson, the five-star shooting guard. Other than that, Andrew, I mean, there's really no one who can score for this team. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. Maybe they'll find someone else who can score maybe off the bench, but in this starting lineup, other than Bryce Thompson, I really can't imagine who's going to go in there and score 15 points a game for this Kansas team. And my other team is Iowa. I mean, they, they, they can't play defense. Now let's say I, they're not, overrated to an extent where they're a bad team I think they're definitely a top 10 team not de top 10 I think they're definitely a top 15 team but for people saying that they're a national title contender and the definitive pick to win the big 10 I, I don't see it I know they're getting Jordan Bohannon back they have Joe Wieskamp they have Luca Garza but in what way did they have the ability to defend at all and teams with another high-powered offense and a good defense like Illinois that I mentioned before are just going to expose their weaknesses and just overall overpower them. They have a crazy schedule to start the year. I believe they play Baylor and Gonzaga. So we'll get a real, a real treat to see how good they actually are. And maybe they'll prove me wrong. Like I said, but these are my two overrated teams, but Andrew, let's move back to kind of underrated teams, but give me one or two that you have that are not in the top 25, but are, a team that will probably finish in the top 25, Andrew. Well, Henry, I would actually like to give you a couple that are in the top 25 that are very good teams that I think people aren't giving enough credit to. And that is one West Virginia and West Virginia has a lot of returning players and they are going to be really good. I know they have guard Jordan McCabe, who is a top uh, recruit in the last uh, class. I believe it was 2019 and 
They also have, I really don't want to pronounce his last name because I don't know how to, but it's a center Oscar. And I really, I'm going to try, but it's Tishibwe or something like that. I, I really apologize if I was way off on that. But that duo is going to be really good. This team is an older team and more experienced team. And I think people need to be giving this team more respect. And also the other team, I know people have been actually talking about them, but I believe they will be better than what people are saying. And that's Creighton. And I know people overlook them because typically they're not that good of a team. And I know they aren't in a quote unquote power five uh, conference, but Creighton is going to be a really good team. And they could have possibly, depending on how he plays, the national player of the year. So Henry, this Creighton team is going to be really good. And I think people need to start putting more respect on West Virginia. Yeah, Andrew, I'm going to go to a different route here. Like I've said a lot. And I think I'm going to choose an unranked team. And that is Indiana. I know they're going to be playing in a loaded Big Ten, so it may not seem like they're that good once we get into conference play. But this team is really good, Andrew. I mean, they have a definitive first-team Big Ten player in Trace Jackson Davis. They return a lot of their scoring. I think they only lost like one or two players. And they also bring in a five-star point guard in Christian Lander, who will probably get that starting point guard job right away. And I think this team is very talented. They have a lot of potential. And if Archie Miller doesn't get the job done this year, this is this is probably his last year. They were probably going to make the tournament last year. But at this point, Indiana is one of the historically great basketball programs. And I think if he can't get the job done this year, they are destined to be looking for a new head coach after this year, Andrew. But let's move on now to one of our final two topics today, and that is our final four predictions, what you guys have all been waiting for, surprisingly. I bet you are all waiting for our final four predictions. So, Andrew, let's hear it. What, who are your final four teams? Henry, my final four teams are teams that are very highly ranked going to the season. I expect them to stay this way, and that is Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova, and Duke. And, Henry, Gonzaga is returning a lot of players, and they're adding more. Henry, they added Jalen Suggs, who is one of the best freshmen in the country. And I know he's not going to play, but this is just for the future. I'm saying Andrew Nemhard, their transfer. This Gonzaga team is only going to go up from here. And by the way, they're recruiting right now. This team is destined for greatness in the near future. But Henry, this team is really deep. And of course, uh, their team, Henry, their starting lineup is probably going to be one of the best in the country. So I think they have what it takes to get to the final four. Baylor, of course, is returning basically everyone, including one of the best players in the country, Jared Butler. Villanova, once again. So you see a common theme here with these teams so far. They're returning a lot of players, if not everybody, I believe. And their team is older, more experienced. Of course, they have great coach uh, Jay Wright. And this team has the talent to make it to the final four, and I believe they will do so. And of course, you have Coach K, and Duke with my final uh, spot in the final four, Henry. And this team, of course, as I mentioned, I praise their recruiting class and it is amazing. It might not be as good as Kentucky's, but I believe they will outperform Kentucky's uh, recruiting class when it comes to uh, the NCAA tournament at, at the highest stage. I believe Duke's uh, recruits are less raw as Kentucky's are. And also Duke has a couple upperclassmen like Joey Baker and Jordan Goldwire that I believe will provide some sparks for this team and some veteran leadership that Kentucky just doesn't have. So 
I know I've been kind of comparing Duke and Kentucky a little, but I'm just saying here, Duke is like a better version of Kentucky this year, I think, is what I'm trying to say. And that's why I think Duke will make the Final Four, just because of how good uh, their recruiting class and their freshmen coming in are. And they have that veteran leadership as well as possibly the best coach in college basketball. Yeah, Andrew, for my final four teams, I actually only have one team that you have, and that is Baylor. I have Baylor, Illinois, North Carolina, and Florida State. And I know, surprisingly, North Carolina, Florida State, I mentioned it earlier, I think Caleb Love is going to be a very good player, maybe a first-team All-American this year. And also with Florida State, I don't think Leonard Hamilton gets credit. And I think this is the year that he's finally going to show how good of a coach he is and get this Florida State team to the Final Four. Illinois, I already mentioned, they have a loaded talent of team. And they also have a very good freshman class coming in. And with Baylor, I mean, do I need to say it again that they lost no one and they were the number one team probably last year? And at this point, I think there's really no way that you can't have Baylor included in the final four as of now. But I mean, obviously the season will play out knowing that I picked them. They probably won't make the final four, but Andrew, let's get into our final topic today, which is national championship predictions. Andrew, who is your national champion? Who who's going to win it all this year? Henry, who I have winning it all in the NCAA Division I college basketball is the Duke Blue Devils. And I, I know they win it every year, whatever. You guys are probably pissed. Oh, man, why didn't you come up with a team that maybe doesn't win it? Or why didn't you tell me just maybe Gonzaga because they uh, haven't won it in a while. Maybe maybe Baylor. We haven't seen Baylor win. No, I'm sorry. I'm really boring, and I'm going with the Duke Blue Devils, Henry. And they are the deepest team, I think, out of those teams in my final four. And of course, you need guys who can come off the bench and give some spark and have that veteran leadership and have the talented freshmen, have the athletic players, have the great coach. And Duke has it all this year. And I believe they will win the NCAA tournament because of that. Just because, listen to this, Henry, their coach has been there. He's the most experienced out of any of them. And he's probably the best coach in college basketball. And when you have, as I mentioned, the veteran leaders, you have the freshman, the, the most talented freshman class, I think, out of uh, any class in college basketball this year. And you just have a talented team in general, as well as a deep team. It just makes the most sense. And I believe we will be declaring Duke the champion when it's all said and done. Yeah, Andrew, obviously I didn't have Duke in my final four, so we'll have a different team that will win the national championship. And I've been talking about them all podcast. I think Ayo Desumu wins national player of the year. I think Kofi Coburn is arguably the best center in all of college basketball. And Andrew, the national champion this year, I believe will be the Illinois fighting Illini. And this team is very loaded. They're experienced. They have depth. I mean, what more can you ask? I, I think they're talented. I mean, there's really not a whole lot of weaknesses within this Illinois team. And I don't think there's any way. Actually, that's not true. There's plenty of ways they don't win the national championship. But I think this is one of the best teams, if not the best team in all of college basketball. And Andrew, I have them winning the national championship.
And with that, I think this would be a great time to wrap up today's podcast. We hope you did enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, download, and support this podcast. There is a link in the description to support this podcast. We would really appreciate if you did that. As always, we will see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.